everyone. Dave and Jeff doing our second podcast of the night. It's a Thursday night. As we not just, second of the night, second of the week. That's true. Yeah, right. Does it sound all right, or does it sound like there's an echo in here? Uh, it sounds like there's an echo, but shit, it's not like people pay for it. <laughs> uh, I was listening, and I'm like, usually you're the one that always complains, and I'm like, as the music's playing, I'm like, does this sound right? Yeah, I think my level's too high. Ah, oh, god dang it. All I don't right. know why it ever gets adjusted. I want to thank Scotty Rice. Remember <laughs> Scotty Rice? Yeah. Scotty Rice was a dude who we worked with at one of the buildings. And this guy is fucking maniac, Dave. This is how he spends his money. Like, if I said to you right now, Dave, I'm going to give you $3,000. Yeah. But you're going to have to take this $3,000. You're going to have to spend it on something fun, right? Yeah. You can't say, oh, I'm paying off student loans or I'm going to get new tires. This is... $3,000 for disposable income for something really fun. What are you buying? I'm probably going on a trip is what I'm doing. But Pro- I need you, uh, you, need need you to, to need- buy something, a material item. Yeah. I'm probably buying a goddamn new computer for this fucking podcast. Yeah, right? Yes. Something, like something I can use. Yes. Okay. There are people that are like, oh, you know what I would like? I'd buy, uh, I, I'd buy a new guitar. I'd buy yeah. whatever. This fucking guy... <laughs> He buys old radio consoles. That you're never going to use. No. Guy fucking lives in a 400 foot, 400 square foot apartment. Yeah. And 900 square feet are taken up by old radio <laughs> boards. It's funny is if you don't know what Jeff is talking about, you posted a picture of one the yeah, other day. Look just like the KSDO board. Thousand percent like the, the KSDO board that I destroyed the Ken Kramer show on. And yes. I put it on Facebook, too, and told the story. And Ken Kramer wrote back. What did he say? He wrote uh, like a conversation. Ken, <laughs> did you get that? Jeff, I sure did. Ken, thanks. <laughs> because if, if people know, if you watch on KPBS, I would highly recommend it for anybody who loves San Diego history. Ken Kramer does about San Diego. Yeah. I have said a million times, my start, the first thing, I, I'd never been in a radio studio. I literally had two days of training, and then I was running by myself, the Ken Kramer Show, Saturdays and Sundays, on KSTO. He is the coolest guy in this city, because yeah. I was fucking atrocious <laughs> running that board. Uh and every time I'll have lunch with him about once a year, and he loves his story because he finds it. He's like, it wasn't that bad. I'm like, I know it was. Yes. I'm not lay- I'm not lying. It was terrible. He's like, shit, I, I don't know. But uh, about San Diego is just, it's such a great show. All kinds of, Dave, you would love it. Like, yeah. you should just put that on your DVR and tape it. You would dig it. And he's such a good storyteller, but just such a good dude. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he thinks it's funny. And then my program director, who used to call me, jumped in. And he thought it was great, too. They're dying. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I worked out of it. But, um, but yeah, I just I flash back to that when I see that board. I was cracking up laughing. You know, going back to uh, to Scott Rice real quick. And some people know him. If you're a radio person in town, you definitely know him. Nobody loves... Gipsy. What? Worked at Kixie. He worked at Kixie. Worked at KFMB. He's been, a, he's been a lot of places. Yeah, great but, dude. 
We were just talking about uh, we were talking about Sam Bass the other day yep. and how much he loved radio. I'm telling you, as much as Sam Bass loved being on the radio, Scott Rice likes being off the radio and what makes radio go. He loves towers. Right. Transmitters. Transmit all the shit that nobody would want. But his investments in old boards is like somebody buying old beta machines from right. 1982. Yeah. Makes well, no fucking sense. No sense at all. None. Like old black and white TVs. Yes. Yeah. Weirdo. Complete fucking yeah. weirdo. <laughs> But I just, I saw that board, and the reason why I bring it up is yesterday on Howard Stern's show, Kim Goldman was interviewed. Yeah. And I was on the board for the entire day of the OJ Bronco chase. I had figured it out, got my shit together, got pretty good at it, I guess. I mean, it's kind of, I don't know how much of a skill set Well, you quit before they fired you, right? I did. That says something. Yeah. But, um, man, Dave, I tell you, I found Kim Goldman, and I thought Stern, I thought that interview was incredible. And the point that came out of it was the idea that OJ has 875,000 followers on Twitter. Ron Goldman was 25. Nicole Brown was in her early 30s. Yeah. Uh, We just had the 25th anniversary of that day on June 12th. And this fucking dick is on social media and on Twitter, and we just fucking tolerate it. Like, people think it's funny. The guy fucking killed two people. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I just look at it, and she was so good. She's done a podcast where she's trying to get him. But she talked about the the impact that it had on their father, the impact that it had on her. And re- if you get Sirius XM, whether you like Stern or not, Man, go listen to that interview. It was unbelievably good. Is um, Okay, here's a question for you. Uh, maybe it's a moral question or, or whatever. Do you follow OJ on Twitter? I do not. I don't either. No, I do not. And I don't follow him because I refuse to give him anything. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, that's my, my main reason. I, he, he was on there yesterday, and it was on like Yahoo or something mm-hmm. of, a, of a tweet he did with a video. And I watched it, but I refused to follow him. And right. I refused to retweet anything he does, anything to promote OJ. Man, I, I had a long conversation tonight with a really good friend driving down here. Yeah. It's the benefit of driving from North Carlsbad to fucking Mazadlan, where we do this show every night. <laughs> Fantasy Island. And I was just saying, like, the level of hate that we have going on in the country right now. Yeah. When I was a kid, I grew up in Minneapolis. And Minneapolis has this reputation of Minnesota nice. I will tell you about the people in Minnesota, at least during my time there. Yeah. They were so passively aggressive, racist. Really? That, oh, yeah. Like, they they were quite racist. And anybody, there would have been no chance that any woman would have got voted into office. It was white male, whether it was Republican or Democrat, it didn't matter. Yeah. But it was white males that were getting voted in. And I mentioned that because the whole idea of send her back the other night, send her back, is directed at a Somali woman from Minnesota who was elected into Congress. And to me, that is a huge step forward for my home state. And this friend that I was having a conversation with tonight said, did you see her return to the airport? I said, no, she went back to Minneapolis and was met by an amazing reception of people that welcomed her That's back awesome. to our home state, which made me incredibly proud, even though I've lived here four times longer than I ever lived there. Yeah. 
But this friend and I were talking about, I just said, you know, what is going to be as a country? What is going to be finally the breaking point or will there ever be? Kids are shot and murdered in schools. We do nothing about it. You openly have taken the hood off right now. The hood has come off and it's absolutely fine to chant things like send them back. Larry Brown, who does Larry Brown Sports, said in an article today, somebody wrote that Manny Machado should be sent home to play baseball. He was fucking born in Florida, you dickhead. But it's just this idea that if you do not look like established white money, it is perfectly fine for anybody led by the president to tell you that you're shit. And there's a huge amount of people that either do one of two things. Number one, they support it and encourage it, which shows their own ignorance. Or two, you fucking stand by and don't do shit. And which one are you more embarrassed to be? Are you more embarrassed to be the fucking idiots chanting at a rally like it's a fucking Klan meeting? Or are you more embarrassed that you're the one that goes, oh, fuck, I, yeah, I voted Duncan Hunter in. Yeah. Because the guy running against him might be a terrorist. He's not a fucking terrorist. <laughs> And it's just, God, it's so goddamn embarrassing where we are today, where you want to be so proud. And all of us, it's like the emperor's new clothes. We just fucking walk around. We joked about the Spanos family being ignorant and arrogant. Goddamn, man. We better start looking in the mirror because there's a lot of people that live around us that we interact with daily that absolutely are arrogant and ignorant, too. You know, it, it's it, it's our podcast, and we're going to talk about what we want right here because it it turns a lot of people off, especially I think Bye. in, in <laughs> fucking go. I don't it, know an apology it, it, to anybody. I'm not asking that. What, no, I know. What, what I'm, what, a couple of things I want to ask you about this because, again, before I even say one more word, Jeff has said this on the show before. You're a registered Republican. I am, which I uh, applaud you. I have for, always been for pointing out right and wrong because you could say whatever you want and how you were raised. I guarantee you weren't raised with what's going on today as far no. as hate. I, you know, and, and I, I applaud you for it. As I said, I'm one of these guys. I'm a, I'm a registered Democrat, but I don't vote Democrat every time. I honestly Correct. try and look at issues for me. And I'm not telling anyone this, so you got to vote. I'm telling what I always do. I look at what's best for the majority, not what's best for me. Right. What's best for the majority, not for sure. my investments or my house or whatever else affects my wife and my son. It's what's the best for the majority. That's sure. what I think makes this country best is when we look at and make decisions that way. What has gone on the last few years just from watching it feels like you you hit it right on the head. It feels like you've given permission to people to take the hood off. Yeah. And I think well, obviously we've always been a racist country. We just right. have. We But it, what has gone on right now is... Is terrible. So I, I posted a video this morning, kind of just as an yeah, experiment. Yeah, right. You you liked it. I Loved liked it. it too. But I wanted to post it on Facebook for a reason. Not only because I thought the video was great, and if you didn't see it, it's a video of the Dodger Phillies game last mm -hmm. night that ended at like two o'clock in the morning, yeah. and there's hardly anybody in the crowd, and there's a foul ball hidden in the crowd, and a couple of kids run for the ball. A black kid and a white kid run for the ball. A black kid grabs the ball. And the, he turns around, and the white kid obviously said, can I have the ball? And he gave it to him. Mm -hmm. He gave it to the kid, and the, the white kid's extremely happy, and the black kid goes back to his seat. The white kid goes back, taps him on the shoulder, and they both embraced and gave each other a hug. It was great. How great were the announcers? The announcers like, made the video. We could just go home. We can go home right now. Yeah, there's nothing better. Oh, it was amazing. It, it was a great video. How many likes do you think I got on that thing, by the way? Just, just, oh, that's just, a great just, question. That's why I did it. I wanted to see how many people would respond, because the majority of my friends are Trump supporters. Yeah. By far. By far, the majority of my friends, not oh, only are they Republican, they are Trump supporters. 
I'll now, say- normally when I post something, and, I, and, and I'll give you an idea, and someone likes something that I post, yeah. I get about 200 likes. Yeah. 200 is about an average on Facebook. I'll say uh, 50. 20. Wow. 20. And I'm looking at the people that liked it are the people that I know are people that are against Trump. Only one person who's a Trump supporter liked it. Really? Only one. And again, you're going to tell me you're against kids doing something nice for another kid? I mean, that right there was was straight innocence and and just being a good guy. It was great. And you're going... I saw it on Twitter, though, is where I saw it. On Facebook... Like Facebook, all of a sudden, I can't like why I stopped. Yeah. I've stopped a lot of my social media. Like I'm rarely on Twitter anymore, and I'm, I just do Facebook stuff about my kids. But on Facebook, Dave, it feels like I see the same fucking stories for five days yeah. in a row. We used to see everything that was new, and I don't see it anymore. And Twitter, I just kind of uh, I'll check in on the Dave and Jeff podcast page. Yeah, because that one is more streamlined to just kind of like the the news feed of the day, less opinion, more news feed. So I'll I'll kind of be on that one more than I'm on any of the others. But it uh, but I know I'm not I'm not dismissing it, but it does feel like all of a sudden and I don't know why, but it feels like on Facebook, I see the same constant pictures for five days in a row instead of being what it used to be, where it would update whenever. It's um, it, it's very strange. It, it's one of those at, at the end of the day, you know, when it's yeah. all said and done and whatever you believe is going to happen in your afterlife, I just figure, you know what, you make decisions based on right or wrong. And I think that's what you're doing right now as a guy that, that it loves to watch debates and is very into politics and sure. and you aren't afraid to go against your party right now. But for people who are friends of mine for years and I sit there and I go, wow, you aren't who I thought you were. Yeah. Because this isn't okay. It's not okay to see... What's going on in increased hatred? This isn't what our country was about, and why we're so proud of, of this country right now. I'm at and lunch today. Oh, go ahead. I'm no, I'm just saying it, it's it's not what when I hear the national anthem, it feels different all right. of a sudden. It's it's weird, and it's weird to hear other people in other countries, whether it's even in London. Remember, it got out about a month ago. Yeah. About the notes about the guys a buffoon. Yeah. And uh, that, of course, he had to resign. Resign, and so you, you sit and you go, man. A lot of people think the guy running our country is a buffoon. It's kind of embarrassing. We're the leader of the free world. I have a lot of friends in Canada that ask me on a regular basis, like, fuck, man, are you guys going to rally back? Yeah. You going to pick yourself up and get your shit together? You're just going to keep walking and acting like everything's fine. For me, Dave, I, I got the coolest message the other day on social media from a friend who listens to the show who I've never met, who's a police officer up north. And said, hey, man, I just want to say how much I appreciate that you and Dave have always supported police officers. And I said some of the coolest, bravest people that we've met, obviously a thousand times more brave than either one of us. Any of our friends that participate in the military, uh, our law enforcement, any of these guys. But I said, that being said, the other day when it's the anniversary of the murder, absolute murder of Eric Garner in New Jersey... This guy is just standing there on the street corner and he's fucking choked to death. He's absolutely choked to death. And then you watch the the Department of Justice come out and say, you know what, we're not going to do anything because we don't feel like there's sufficient evidence that intent. And you just go, holy shit, man. Yeah. Holy shit. This guy, you could watch the video 
And he is absolutely, he's not doing anything. He's like, leave me alone. I'm just standing here. Leave me alone. And it's that kind of shit that led to Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. Yeah. It's not anything about the flag. It's not anything about the military. It's because guys like fucking Eric Garner, who are standing on the street, can be fucking murdered. And the guy who murders him is left alone. That's what he's protesting. So if you're too fucking dumb to, to just take the easy way out and look at it and go, well, he hates the flag, he hates the military. No, he doesn't. He hates the fact that a guy who looks like him is able to be murdered on a street and we as a country don't do shit. That's the point. So all these other fuckheads that go on and turn the narrative to make it that you're anti-military, you're, you're, no, you're not. What concerns me about stories like that, for a friend that reached out who's a police officer, is now when that guy goes to do his job, guys are all of a sudden on on alert. Yeah. He's nervous. The the person he's dealing with is nervous and who knows what happens. And that's where my friend the police officer up north can get hurt because people have quick trigger reactions because they don't want to be the next Derek Garner. That's the shit that scares me. There's fucking idiot radio hosts, see Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. There are idiots in every line of work, but the problem is when they do it as a member of law enforcement and it's caught on video, it gets magnified. And that's the kind of shit that as a parent, I look at and go, where are we going? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? I Today I'm at lunch. And and listen, I may not be the most religious guy. I absolutely, whatever you need to get through your day, I will support you a thousand percent. Just don't beat me over the fucking head with it. But today at the table next to us at lunch, there's a guy telling his kid verbatim that science is all bullshit <laughs> and what's going to get him through life is religion. Yeah. We just had the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11. So God got Neil Armstrong to the moon and Buzz Aldrin or on the soundstage in L.A., whichever you believe. The polio vaccine. Right. It's all God did that. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, dude. Holy shit. But I'm the bad parent because my kids have a picture with Lisa Ann. Okay. Okay. I'm the dumb fuck, right? This fucking guy is sitting there telling the kid that science is 100% bullshit. Yeah. That religion's everything, right? Oh, okay. Because I tell you what, I just was at the mall and goddamn if Jesus wasn't in the Apple store. Cranking out the iPhone. God bless him. Fucking guy never sleeps. Never sleeps. Oh, okay. But I'm the bad parent because my kids met Missy Martinez. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. The fucking guy. I was just like, fuck it, hey. You know, it's uh, going back to uh, the kneeling on the flag deal. And we've had this conversation before because I'm in NFL locker rooms every single week during the NFL season. And people get confused and and what goes on. And I listen to the players talk not once as it has to do with hating the country. There's not one guy I've ever talked about that. It's about right. equal rights throughout this country is what they want. What make to me, what makes this country most American and the thing you should be most proud about is that you can kneel right. during the national anthem right. and nothing's going to happen to you. That right. to me is what makes this country great, that you have the ability to protest if things aren't going to don't go the way you believe they should go. And you, and boom, you're you're yeah. People might criticize you, but basically, you aren't going to jail for it, and they're beating yeah. the shit out of you for it. And yeah. that's what to me makes this country so great. 
is that when you see something like that, you go, only in America can that something like that happen, and you can show what your feelings and show what you think without being thrown in prison. Less than two miles from here, uh, we have been invited on a regular basis into the home of a Navy SEAL. Yes. A leader of the Navy SEAL. Easily in my top five of people that I say, man, I am incredibly proud that this job made me a friend of that guy. I'm with you. There is not one ounce of anything bullshit-wise that I would ever tolerate that would be insulting to him or insulting to the memories of the guys that are remembered in that house where you and I have been lucky enough to be a guest, and if the light's on tonight, we could go in tonight. Yep. Not a fucking chance that if anybody insulted the memory of those guys that gave their life for this country, there's not. I wouldn't even look at fucking, well, you know, let me play devil's advocate. Bullshit. I, uh, bullshit. You insult them, fuck you. Yeah, I'm, with I, you. I'm not. I'm not interested in hearing your story. But if you look at it and you go, no, this is why he's doing what he's doing, you go, fuck, okay. I live a different life, Dave. We're, we're white guys. I live a different life than you. You're a Jewish guy. Yeah. But I can sure understand where the frustration comes from and the point that they're trying to make. And you just go, shit, it's just crazy. But that's the other thing, that stories can be changed to fit the message that you want it to be. And it's incredibly frustrating. And you wonder, like I said, what's the breaking point, man? Right? You had Sandy Hook. You had Parkland. You've got these four women that have been voted in that people are chanting, send them back. Like, at what point does anybody go, you know what, that if, you, if you're on that side wearing that red, wearing that yeah. Make America Great hat, what the fuck for you is the line? Like, where is the line where you go, okay, you know what? I don't think there is a line. I God. think, honestly, a, a lot of that is, like, let's go back to the separate bathrooms. Let's go back to the separate drinking fountains. Right. Man. It's crazy, isn't it? Sad. It is. It, it, it's sad. I mean, it, 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 it. unfortunately, you're absolutely right. When you talked about what goes on in Minnesota, I saw it in the South. I saw it for years. Yeah. Where guys, whether they're teammates on a basketball team in high school or guys they'd run into in the movie theater and everything was great, and the minute the guy walked away, the N-word was dropped. Right. Happened all the time. Right. I was, uh, I was, at, uh, I was at work the other day. I'm not sure if I even told this story on, uh, on the podcast. I've never said where I work. I won't. Because the people there are great. Again, you can't judge one person by uh, by what by a whole company by what one person says. But it was a person who's not management, just a person that does exactly what I do over over there. And uh, we were there, like four people in the room in the building, I should say. It was early in the morning, and it was uh, Josh, it was myself, it was a girl, and another person that couldn't hear the conversation. And the girl comes over and says, "Can you believe our bonuses aren't going to be what they said they were going to be?" And I said, well, I said, you got to take it up with, with management. You should go complain. Yeah. And then she looks at me and then she looks over at Josh and she comes back to my face and she goes, fucking Jews just screams it out. By the way, they aren't Jewish. Matter of fact, they're Italian and they're very religious and they speak about the Bible. But Italians and, are known as being generous, and, and Dave. So, <laughs> Let's get it right here. So, but the comment was because she didn't get her bonus she had to yell out fucking juice can you imagine that i couldn't believe i I looked at josh because josh was pissed and and i looked over at josh and i said man i've heard it my whole life right and and josh if you ask him what religion is he'll tell you he's christian because he's he goes to church with his mom every week he's that's just and i'm not the most religious guy going 
So, so he just was shocked. And he goes, you got to go to HR. And I go, I'm not going to HR. I'm not doing it. Well, if I go to HR, what's going to happen? She's going to get written up and get pissed at me. She's not going to learn her lesson. Those are her feelings. That's what she feels. That's what it is. I'm not going to change her opinion. All I come down to is if she gets turned in, fucking Jews again. That's what's yeah. going to happen again. That's but she the, screamed it, man, at me. Couldn't believe it. That's the crazy thing is that people that have anger towards blacks, towards Mexicans, towards Persians, towards whatever it may be, rarely, in some cases, though, it feels like yeah. it happens more now than it did, will they say it directly in front of them. But when they're gone, yes, kind of like keyboard warriors, right? When they're not there face-to-face, they get tougher. That's where the hate against the Jews is so much different. Because Dave's not an Orthodox Jew. He doesn't no. go to work Jesus. in a yarmulke, right? No, he doesn't do that. I don't even go to services. No. Last time I was in a, in a religious place for Jewish people was when my dad died. That was right. it. And before that, I can't even tell you. Right. But you're still Jewish. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, as fucked up as Dave is, and if we all take a second to think <laughs> about it, we can all agree he's pretty fucked up. I don't disagree. Like, that's really fucked up. Like yeah. that, that, and it has happened. We've done this show for going on 21 years and it has happened. Unbelievable. The amount of time because Dave doesn't look Jewish. He looks yeah. Italian or whatever you want to say. And, uh, he looks like one of them Italian fellers. <laughs> uh, and guys just, I mean, I swear to God, there's just no hesitation. No. People are more concerned about breaking wind in public than they are dropping a jewish did you're right you're absolutely right. and it's people anti-semitic remarks all over the place right yep ah, it's acceptable ah shit <laughs> come on he's just a jew <laughs> shit what are we all such a bunch of pussies for <laughs> you just hear it and you just go god damn like uh I don't know. Yeah, I, it was I, crazy. I mean, really, it was something else. In San Diego. I mean, what I say is I always think people in California are ahead of the rest of the country. We're but not. We aren't. I mean, we're ahead of Alabama. That's true. Not even close. But Shit that goes on in Alabama is insane. Dude. Right? Yeah. The politics in Alabama are crazy. But before we start getting too excited and start jerking each other off, as my friend H.J. Preller would say... Let's just go take a walk through Spring Valley and we'll be smacked back down into reality, okay? Let's stop fucking <laughs> acting like all of a sudden we got civilized. Oh, my bullshit. gosh. Bullshit. Uh, bullshit. Oh, yeah, my gosh. But Too damn funny. Anyways, it's just like, Dave, you just kind of watch where we're going and you just go, I don't know, man, my kids are 11. I look at my main man, Bo Woods, who's a little kid. What's life going to be like when Bo's 15? What's it going to be like when my kids are... 21 is anything going to kind of circle back and and get it going or are we going to go right back to the 60s right you know what's a shame is uh you i know exactly what bo woods is going to be he's going to be great and and he's going to be great because he has great parents the deal is how many times do his parents have to explain what right and wrong are because of what he saw outside their house that's what sucks yeah Yeah. the lessons that uh, Steve and Hannah are going to teach inside the house aren't going to be the same things he sees outside the house and he's going to get confused and he's going to have to keep going back to his parents and going hey this happened and why did this happen right it, it is kind of it kind of goes back to that thing that we see often 
where we're asked if this particular person or that particular person is a role model. Now I just laugh at that. I'm like, look, the the role models better be me and better be their mom. Yeah. Uh, in in Bo's case, like you said, it better be Steve and Hannah. All the rest of them, there, there better not be a fucking time in my life where I need to look to Bill Walton or Charles Barkley <laughs> or John Cena or anybody. All great, all great, successful people. Yeah. That's no insult to them. All successful, entertaining people. But I better not have to look at them as a parent and go, hey, man, I'm going to need your help here. You go, I got it. I'll fucking handle it. And, and their mom will handle it. They can be influenced. I'm not saying they won't be influenced. Because we're all influenced by different people. Even at this stage of our life, we're influenced by different people. But it doesn't mean you need to turn over the reins of being a role model. Fuck that. If you do, then then that's on you, not on the kid or not on the celebrity. It's when, on you. When you were a kid, were your parents your role models or was there an athlete or a movie star that you followed? Uh, yeah. A role model for me was Bobby the Brain here. Yeah. He wanted to take me to a fucking... Father's son banquet because I didn't know my dad as a kid. My fucking mom, the buzzkill, ruined it. <laughs> Fucked up my foot. I had a broken. You would have been foot. the coolest kid of all fucking right. time. She's a fucking joke. You you would have been Mary Tyler more than you. Most famous people in Minnesota. Absolutely right. True story. That yeah. that would have been awesome. Yeah, had a broken foot. Told me to walk on it. And then uh, had when, a blown out knee. Didn't take it to the hospital. Yeah, for told a year. me to sprain knee. Uh, Seventeen months to be exact. Not that anybody's counting. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, shit, what was that, about 11? Minneapolis Auditorium, backstage of the Minneapolis Auditorium with my buddy John Sherman, who wrote a newspaper column. And I don't even remember how it came up. It was just, I wasn't having a fucking pity party. I was yeah. living the life. And uh, it came up that there was a father-son banquet. I think it was something like somebody said, Somebody asked me about my parents. I said, well, my dad lives in California. I never see him, never met him. And somebody said, like, well, what do you do for, does your school do a father-son banquet is the way I remember it. And I was like, well, yeah, but I never go. And fucking Bobby the Brain's like, I'll fucking take you. And I'm like, let's go. And my mom was like, fuck no. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's a goddamn joke. And I tell you what, she's going to have a great Mother's Day next year when she gets an empty fucking bottle of Chevis. <laughs> here's my, one of my favorite stories about your mom yeah you and i like just started doing the show like a year or two into the show and yeah. you went to go buy a suit jacket and it was your mom and your brother and you yeah and she says this one looks great and she pulls it off the rack and you're like dude it would fit like an eight-year-old right yeah do you remember the story yes. <laughs> and you and your brother just killed her we killed her all the time Absolutely. My mom was the greatest. My mom, I have more, sincerely, I have so much respect for single moms because, not because 98% of them were smoking hot, but if you're a single mom that has to raise a son without any kind of male influence and kind of trying to do that, fuck, man, it's, yeah. it's really, really hard. My mom did an amazing job. But I love wrecking her day. And the way I've wrecked it is the most important thing in her life are her two grandsons who torture her with these stories. <laughs> and they find it hysterical. There might be a little bit of exaggeration here and there, but where the exaggeration comes in is for me to know and everybody else to find out. You know, it reminds me a lot of the way Jake used to do to Rita because oh, yeah. he would drive her nuts and then he'd just wink at me. 
Like right. I, I got her, you know? Right. And it would drive her out of her mind. And right. she, she'd, she'd fall for it every time. Didn't understand it. And it would just make me laugh. It, uh, I had a great conversation with Katie Temple the other night. Yeah. Talking about Jake. And talking about, like, there's a video that I put on Twitter today that you and Josh have sent me of Jake dancing that just absolutely kills me. And me the thing too. that I said was, we're getting close to announcing details for our next event. Our first event under the umbrella of Jake's projects. And the thing that is so important to me is the sadness that he is gone will always be there. But the one thing that I try to remember is just how goddamn funny he was. He was so great. And every night that I was with him, he and I genuinely laughed very, very hard. You we guys had targeted a, me. It was brutal. It was fucking awesome. And so I said to Katie the other day, I was saying that uh, our conversation about this event and how much I believe we should bring Amy Fisher in. And Katie, whoa, what? <laughs> and uh, and I was just saying, you know, the thing that my easiest supporter in this would have been Jake Palette. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? She's hot. <laughs> fuck. My fucking dad. Such a puss. <laughs> fuck. Ah, oh, she's doing porn. Fuck. She's great on Stern. Yeah, I talked everything. Yeah. Fuck. What the fuck is it? What the fuck? My fucking dad. God, <laughs> fuck. I wish you were my dad, Jeff. You say it all the time. All the time. So I was just telling Katie, I'm like, I could just, I just wish he was here because I would be laughing my fucking ass off with him. Just torturing you. Oh, yeah. She's not going to shoot us in the face. <laughs> she learned from that. Fuck. And so I just, uh, that's the thing I miss because... He was so goddamn funny. Yeah. And we were talking about Lisa Ann, and I don't remember how it happened, but I think Katie said, like, how did that happen? I say, oh, I tell everybody you introduced me to her. The Katie Temple. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, yeah, I would say, hey, people ask, you know, goddamn Katie was like, you got to meet Lisa Ann. I was like, wow, okay. But, um, but yeah, that's the kind of shit, Dave, where you go, yeah, it's just the laughter, man. It's yeah. the laughter and the kind of fun shit and torturing your parents. And he and I just had a common goal of torturing you, even though he was a Dodger fan. It yeah. was his only flaw. <laughs> but <laughs> if we flaw. had anything that we could torture you about or torture him. Yeah. Like he he played the victim card better than anybody I've ever seen. He was my, hysterical. He was. My favorite thing is uh, the, just just laughing as we're sitting here in this garage was because we look over at the, these couches that he used to sit on and you right got there. You, yeah and you two would just kill me as I try and upload this show nonstop. But the picture that's behind you oh, yeah. is the picture of Josh and I at the Alabama game. And if you look up like thirty rows, Jake's like so just a background, and he just you and him kill me. It's a fucking greatest about it and it's it was so fucking funny how look at this shit jeff yeah. will you be my dad yeah this fucking guy won't even I take a picture with me dad. yeah fucking guy <laughs> there's a picture in the garage and we have a garage show coming up shortly yeah there's a picture to my right that i love dave's put it out before it's an insanely cool picture taken at an Alabama football game where Josh found himself right in the middle of this picture yeah it looks like everybody has circled around Josh. Yeah, it looks like I paid a photographer to get that one shot. And he's right. surrounded by about 11 NFL players in the picture. Right. And I remember when that picture came together and you had it, 
we were together at, uh, we were in Bubba's garage. Yeah. And Jake was up there. And it was so great because sometimes when you're a smart ass, the, the walk up just writes itself. <laughs> and I asked you to talk about that picture. And Jake was just sitting there. You're like, just like you said, you're like, oh, it's such a great picture. You know, it means so much to me. And uh, yeah, it was the last game at Alabama against Auburn. Last game, yeah. and, you know, this photographer, the whole thing's great. <laughs> and uh, Jake's just sitting there quiet, and I'm like, uh, I just said to him, I go, it was like for Father's Day or your birthday, right? Yeah. And I said to Jake, I go, you know what I'd like, Jake? I'd like a picture of you. <laughs> and he and I fucking, oh, yeah, you don't hear him showing a picture of me, fucking guy. Oh, Mr. Perfect. And we are just rolling, right? Just rolling. Because he was so goddamn funny. Oh, he used to kill that. me about my phone. Because my phone on the front of my phone was a picture of Josh playing quarterback right. at Alabama. Right. And he'd go, what the fuck? What the fuck? I never make the phone. <laughs> and and I used to always tell him, I go, your brother's far away. I go, I, I keep a picture of him on the phone because. And I just shake my head, no. Yeah. No, that's not true. You know, it's, it is, it yeah, nonstop. Yeah, he'd kill me about that guy dang phone. So, yeah, it's, it was always, it was always funny though. But I tell you though, forever though, he, Jake made my phone. It's the greatest. Yeah. It's the greatest. And that's the thing. When we talk about Jake's projects, if you knew him, the, the thing that we miss is the laughter. I, I swear, that's Dave what I miss more than anything. Jake was a big dude. Big dude. And right before his passing, he um, he was having, Dave, he was having issues with his jaw. Yeah. And the, they were going to have to break his right? jaw. Break his jaw and it. put braces on it. And it was really kind of a challenge. And I will never forget sitting in this garage because shit like that freaks me out. Yeah. They're like that kind of stuff. I just had a friend who had a deviated septum surgery. Oh my God. That kind of shit freaks me out. And uh, and so I remember we were in here, and it was before the show, and I was talking to him about this idea of breaking his jaw, and his jaw was going to basically be wired shut and braces. Yeah, for six weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm really going to get fucking laid a lot. Anything <laughs> chicks love more than a big fat guy in braces. Oh, I'm going to get fucked every night, Jeff. It's going to be fucking great. Fuck. And I just... It was so goddamn funny, but he wasn't a guy like his whole, his whole bullshit was like, like a modern day Rodney Dangerfield, no respect, Yeah, but it was absolutely done for the laugh. And you and I would fucking sit there. I was that kid. There's not a lot of dudes that make me laugh. That dude genuinely hit me in a spot that made me laugh from the time. He was about eight years old, and he just had it, man. Yeah. He had that attitude, the whole thing. So I would say that, you know, the one thing that I continue to tell people is, please don't say to me, how are Dave and Rita doing? Dave and Rita will never be the same. Any of us that love Jake will never be the same. All I ask you is say, tell Dave and Rita I'm thinking about him. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, yeah, that's great, except for people still are saying, how are Dave know. and Rita doing? They just don't know what to say. No, you know, I know. It's everybody's worst nightmare. But when you think about how we lost Jake, which was the Xanax that had been laced with the fentanyl, it's human nature to think of the tragedy, and I get that. 
But who Jake was as a guy was a guy that was a larger-than-life personality with an incredible heart who loved his mom, loved his dad, his brother, and really loved his friends. And he loved to make you laugh. And that's who I just focus on so much is that guy. I've said to you forever, Dave, in 2018, it changed from him being your son to him being my friend. And I sincerely miss my friend on a daily basis. And as we get ready, you're going to hear a lot in the next couple of weeks about Jake's projects. The website's getting ready to go. The event's getting ready to go. But it's important. You've heard Dave talk about him from a father's perspective, which has been amazing every time Dave does it. But just as his friend, that's who he was as my friend. He was a guy that if you were there... I was saying to my friend Joe Carlo in Toronto today, who's a fucking smart ass too, <laughs> tired of her shit. Uh, I said to her, I go, man, you two would have fucking hit it off. And that's why I find myself saying to so many yeah. people about him. If you met him and you got the chance to hang out with him as I did, you would fucking go, when am I hanging with that fucking guy again? <laughs> so fucking great as a 20-year-old kid who had lived such an insanely full life a lot of bumps, but had made that turn to get back on track. And, uh, yeah, Dave, he was an awesome, awesome dude. I loved him very much, and I miss him very much. And and that's who he is, Dave's son, my friend, that we're going we're gonna to honor his legacy moving forward with Jake's projects, and we're excited about it. Really excited about it. You know, we're moving more uh, – giant steps taken this week, and we'll, we'll give more details that we're really excited about. Um, just the people that are on the board and we'll get into those names later on, but, um, really, really excited about it. And a lot of people, I know they're afraid to ask the question about how did it work out? The can't, this couldn't have just happened and we move on. Look, there's been a police case building for, for a while and the police have asked us to stay quiet on it till it's done. I'll say this. It's more than 99% done. Right. So I will have details on, uh, how the process worked out and how it was treated and everything else. But, um, because there there are people that are being pursued, and we were asked to stay quiet, not to give anybody a head start to basically jump town. Let those guys that we appreciate yeah. that we were talking about in law enforcement do their job. Exactly, and they've done a fantastic job. Amazing. Amazing. Are committed to doing it in Jake's memory. Yeah. That's why we are friends to those guys, and we honor them and support them. It's funny, Dave, thinking about Jake's passing and and it, whether it was Jake's passing, Erica's passing, CS. We've been through too many of them. But did you find with the passing of Tyler Skaggs that maybe you weren't as curious about what caused his death as maybe you would have been two years ago? Yeah, I think your natural reaction is before this would be, hey, what happened? You know, and a lot of people had different different things that have been thrown out there. I'll be honest with you because of a sudden death that we went through that you didn't see coming and like what, you know, we're doing the, what happened. You were here that night where yeah. it went from, was it a suicide to what happened? Boom, boom, boom. I was as we a parent. We went through it with CS too. Yeah, exactly. Went through it with CS, same thing. And, um, we guessed a million different ways with right. CS. So how did that happen? As a parent, I was really happy. It was not a suicide. Of course. Um, because as you said, he turned the corner. If it would have been a year before, a suicide wouldn't have surprised me. You know right. what I mean? Jake had major depression issues from the time he was 17 years old and we're going, or maybe even further back than that, but major where it got to the point where you and I were still on the radio mm-hmm. where I was like, dude, I, I can't do this morning show anymore. My, my kid's right. in Los Angeles trying to get better and I'm here in San Diego. Um, 
So that 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 was like, wait a second, he was winning. What do you mean a suicide? Because yeah. we thought for about three hours it was a suicide. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when but the Skaggs thing in my mind, I wonder same thing. Well, like I wonder if Skaggs got caught with a, a fentanyl. That's what went through my mind. Like it was sudden. Like with yeah. us, it was sudden. Now I'm not saying that's what it was. Please no. don't don't do that. I'm just saying what went through my mind. The autopsy for Skaggs won't they won't find out till October what happened. Well, they'll it, know. They're yeah, not going they to release gonna it until October. But and, it's and, uh, I think that's and then fine. the autopsy for us took a long time too. You know. Yeah. But it's um, yeah, it's extremely sad for his mom. When I watch her throw that ball out, I mean, there's not a parent out there that, as I always say, don't think about it too long about your kid because you don't want to think about it. Um, but man, I saw her pain. I was like, yeah. shit, we're feeling the same pain. The pain she's feeling today, right, is brutal. When people start to disappear, it it gets hard. the The silence is deafening. I uh, yeah, yeah. But when people, I felt like when people started asking a lot of questions about Jake. A lot of questions about CS. I was like, "What? What closure are you looking for?" Yeah. Well, explain to me what your relationship with was them, and I'll be happy to bring you into the conversation. But if you're just doing it because you're curious, or I, I have this one guy who sends me messages all the time on private. Ma- hey, wait, hey, what's the story with this? Hey, what the fuck business is it? Exactly. Well, I'm just genuinely nosy, probably. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, you know what? I get it. Because I was offended when wrong stories got out about CS. I was offended when wrong stories got out about Jake. And even then, when you would tell the truth, there were still people that would act as if you were covering up something. Yeah, it wasn't sexy enough. Right. Right. What a perfect way of put Yeah. And you just go, look, man, I don't need to know. Uh, when when uh, my friend Erica took her life and Dave, I know what you mean because that has impacted me every day since. Um, and that's why we'll be walking at Balboa park on the 8th of September. Um, yeah, that part, there were people that were like, well, we know everything, you know, the rest of it. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to know the rest of it. I don't need to know every last thing. I don't need to know the toxicology report. Why? Yeah. I don't, I don't need to know that. And so, uh, it's, a tragedy, every one of those cases, individually and collectively, are a tragedy. But at some point, leave the family alone. Like, what What do you know? Did you know him? Did you text with him? Any of these people? And if you didn't, then just fucking back off. Like, it's such a TMZ society. Okay, well, now you know. This is what happened. A, uh, Erica. Yeah, she jumped off the 101. She walked seven, she walked seven blocks through a neighborhood that she probably had never been through and committed suicide but at seven o'clock at night. She dropped, she jumped to her death. Happy. Right. I mean, whether you met her, didn't meet her, saw her picture, you didn't, you fucking happy. You got it. Right. Jake took a fucking Xanax trying to balance off bad mushrooms. He took and somebody had laced it with fentanyl. It killed him instantly. You happy. You going to sleep tonight. I mean, holy shit. This sense of entitlement that we all need to know something. Fuck that. And that's why I don't know. I just feel like we're skags. Maybe our natural reaction a couple of years ago, unfortunately, would have been, yeah. well, man, he's a young guy. He's an athlete. Did he do this? Did he do that? And today I'm like, you know what? I know what that family is going through, yeah. and I don't need to ask that question. May he rest in peace and may his family find peace uh, from what we saw 
uh, at Angel Stadium and moving forward because he clearly impacted a lot of people. You know, real quick on uh, on the Skag story because everybody knows about the seven runs and the thirteen yes. total and his birthday, all that. I didn't realize another part of that story. I heard one other person say it. The last combined no hitter in California was on. <laughs> did you know this? How about that? Seven thirteen ninety one. The day he was born. What about that? That's insane. Yeah. That's really something. I like that stuff. Yeah. Right? Me too. I, I mean, because, Dave, like you know better than anybody, in the quiet moments, the pain's always there. The Jesus. pain is always yeah. there for family and friends and those closest to them. But it, it's cool, right? Uh, where you go, ah, well, what helps? Does this help or that help? I don't know. I don't know that anything ever helps. But there are parts of it where you go, yeah, maybe in a, a fleeting moment here or there, uh, you may look at that and go, "Wow, that's kind of that's kind of wild." Yeah, that that's kind of cool, and those kind of things. And that's just like circling back to how we started talking about Kim Goldman being on Stern. I'll ask you this because um, it's interesting. Um, she said, Howard Stern said that with Valerie Harper who unfortunately is very sick right now. Brain cancer. Yeah, he said that when he met her off the air, they came up with a code word. And he said, I'm going to go to a psychic. I'm going to go to a psychic after you've passed, and let's see if we can connect. And they came up with a code word. And Stern asked Kim Goldman, have you gone to a psychic? And, a medium or a psychic? Uh, either one. Okay. Whatever you want. And she said to Stern, what do you think of him? He goes, I think they're all a crock of shit. I think they all prey on people that are trying to cash in on a memory. And he said, I think they prey on, on the, the innocent. And she said, you know, it's funny. I went to three of them. I saw different ones, and there were a couple of them that said things that only he would have said. Yeah. And she said there was one that said he's really frustrated because she wouldn't let her guard down. She went by into it. She said there was just something. If you listen to the interview, you'll hear how she describes it more clearly. But it was really wild. Has there been a part for you at any point where you go, man, I may go to a medium. My wife went. Really? Yeah. Rita went. And um, it it was... I tell you a couple of different things. My mom and my sister have gone to this one psychic for a number of years. They go once oh, a year. Oh yeah, I know they, the one. <laughs> yeah. They go they go once a year. And they both said to me after Jake passed that the psychic both told him that Jake was gonna pass within the year. Wow. Separately. Separately. They both told him. And I was like, Well, why didn't you give me a fucking heads up? Right. Well, if you remember, my mom was here the next day, not because Jake passed, because she planned to come out. My mom really wasn't supposed to come out until January or February, but she said she came out because of that. She thought maybe she could save him is why she said she scheduled her trip early, three months early. My sister said the same thing. Now, Rita went to a medium, Mm -hmm. and the medium said things to her that seemed to make sense, like said, Jake's with your, your mom. And um, he's at peace, and for the first time, he doesn't feel the you know the things that upset him when he when he was here, and things that that you like to believe are true. You know, I, I thought it was funny as, as shit that he was with Rita's mom and not with my dad because my dad didn't. Let's say there is a heaven. 
my dad wouldn't want to sp- heaven to my dad wouldn't be spending time with Jake. You know what wow. I'm saying? Yeah. He wasn't that guy. He was like, dude, I got to fucking watch my grandson. I didn't talk to him when he was here. Yeah, but they were always but close to their grandmother. Always close to the grandmother. Yeah. And so that made us here feel too. good. Yeah. And yeah, right. She she lived here for the last four years of her life. So that, that made Rita feel good, made me feel good. Now I told you every single night I literally go to sleep trying to r- dream of Jake, but I don't. Yeah. You know, it never happens. And so that, that frustrates me that there's no connection. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. My, there's a guy I work with. Unfortunately, his daughter died right before Jake passed. And he goes to medium twice a month. And he says they feel a major connection. The family does. Really? Yeah. And says she throws things at him all the time that only she would know. And wow. they, would, they would know. And I'm always, hey, man, whatever gets you through. Right. You know what I mean? I would never say, oh, that's, right. that's crazy. You can't say that to anybody that believes. But, um, but once Rita went, I felt there was no reason for me to go. And that was, that was kind of it. I wonder, like, if I wonder if you went, I wonder, like, like she said, Kim Goldman said that she went and didn't talk about who she was. Yeah. She didn't. Well, this person it. knew Rita, so she she was at the funeral. Okay. So it wasn't, and she she's actually related to Rita. And so, like, this lady, this girl told Rita before her mom died, a day before, saying someone's going to die in the family. And Rita's mom was 100% fine before she died. I mean, she was not what I mean. She had Alzheimer's and everything, but she spent the day in our backyard gardening. She cooked all day. She even told yeah. Rita, she goes, hey, let's go to the casino. I feel great. If and you, then she came home and had a, a massive stroke. If you had that ability, could you manage it or would it be too hard? To hear voices all the time, you mean? Yeah. I think it would drive you nuts. I, yeah. I, I, Twitter drives me fucking crazy. Right. Steve Woods drives me crazy. Oh, fuck every day. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking age thing that people are killing me on drives me crazy. Well, that's now, great too because now it's invaded your phone. I love yeah. that story. Jesus. Fucking thing was a Russian app. Yeah, they stole all your fucking I, shit. Yeah, I, yeah. The thing is, I'm not the one that signed up for it. But did you see that? Yeah. I, oh, I, yeah. We had about ninety others. It was funny. Oh, it was great. But um, anyway, so yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm 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 looking for a connection. I hope it, I get it one day. Would you ever go? And uh, I would go. I think I would go. You know, I I told you the more I think about what happened on Father's Day, I felt like Jake was with me. Yeah. I mean, I, too many. A lot of things happen on Father's Day. The number twenty five. In the car that Jake liked all the time. Right. On the license plate. You know, I was stuck in traffic, and Jake always loved the red Ferrari. So he said, man, when I get money, I'm going to buy myself a red Ferrari. And he's like, ah, I fucking want to fit it. But that's what I'm getting. And then I, when I was stuck in traffic, was that red Ferrari stuck next to me with just the number 25 only on the license plate. That was Jake's thing, 25. And then uh, going to Dodger Stadium, being completely sold out. But the seat that's open is the one right next to me. Yeah. And that's where I put his stuff, you know. And so... Uh, all that stuff felt like Father's Day kind of went my way. But otherwise, I, I don't know. I think I would go. I'm not saying I wouldn't. I've, if Rita was okay with it, my, my big thing is just keeping Rita okay. Sure. That's been, and I think Josh holds a lot into because he does the same thing. Whatever gets his mom through. We just watch her. You know yeah. what I mean? More than anything. As much as we're hurting, we watch his mom. Well, he's everywhere, so stop watching porn yeah. on your phone, yeah. you fucking pervert. <laughs> What are you watching that for? She's too old. Your goddamn mother-in-law is like, David, David, it's been four hours. (laughs) That's why out of respect to Erica, all I watch is Asian porn. (laughs) 
all I do. It's just my you know way of paying tribute to her. You know what's, it, 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 and you brought this up the last show, the last yeah. big, uh, the celebration of her 20 years on there. It's so nuts that she was there. She was there. And she met so many people Sam she never met there. before. And, and Sam was there, but a lot of people knew Sam. And, yeah. but for, you know, Jake was there, but Jake was just there. Yeah. Erica immediately made a huge impression on everybody right. that was there. Yeah, that fucked me up bad. Like that, yeah, of that, course. That, I will tell you, I think that had a deeper impact on me than the divorce. I mean, oh, I believe it. I mean that seriously. Do you go back and look at text messages? Uh, Have you done that? No, from her. Yeah, between conversations you had. No, it was weird because um, no, I clear a lot of shit out. I clear shit out of my phone because I goddamn pocket dial people twenty thousand times a day. But no, I wish I had kept the one. Uh, that she sent me the night before she took her life. And I didn't keep it. And that one I wish I had. That would have been good. Because I knew I was watching her slip away. Um, I was afraid of it. I didn't feel like anybody else was really paying attention to it. Yeah. I didn't know anybody close enough in her family where I felt like I could make that phone call. Um, and I called her, as I've said on the show in the past, my calls had never gone to voicemail. And that night it went to voicemail. And I left her about a minute message. I just told her I loved her. I told her don't quit on me and everything was going to be great, that you were going to be a great comeback story. And the next day I got a message from her that said, I got your message. I, I love you too. I'll cool. talk to you soon. Yeah, uh, so I know she got it. Yeah. But I wish I had kept that one. You know what I did save? I'm looking at messages from her right now. They're fantastic. From her? Yep. No kidding. Oh, you got to forward some of those to me. This is what I have that I saved the other day that I found. It's funny, too, when I go to it. Um, I've got um, a lot of pictures of her. But the thing that I found the other day that I'm really stoked I kept, it's a screenshot from Twitter from May 30th of this year. Okay. And it's a tweet from Sam Bass. And it said, I love you, Jeff Dotson. You're a true friend. And that to me, because of my friendship with him, that's the one thing. Now, that was a tweet, not a text, because yeah. yeah. he had gotten to the point where he had said to me, I'm pretty stoned on medication, and I can't really uh, text anymore. Yeah. But, no, that's funny. What do you got? How many messages do you have from her? Um, let's see, going back through, um, starting uh, August 30th is when we started texting each other. No shit. Yeah. Basically, I hope you're doing well. Messages back and forth. Yeah. Are you doing okay? That kind of messages. Yeah. And then, you know, just, uh, I mean, some business stuff in here, but then, you know, towards uh, New Year's, you know, she just, um, you know, you know, Happy New Year, Erica, wishing you all the best in 2019. Thank you, Dave. Crazy? Happy New Year with with a heart, you know, and and, and those. I mean, they, they were basically like that. We we're kind of yeah. checking in, but there's some business stuff that you and I were working with with her, you know, that you were in, included to. And, but it was basically, a, it was kind of a check. You doing okay? It's funny, man. It's funny, and I, I wasn't sure I was going to bring this up, but fuck it. We talk about everything on this show. So August 22nd, coming up in about a month, is the Stones concert at the Rose Bowl. Yeah. And with everything that she had going on, she was a huge fan of music. One of the really cool things that she had in her place in Playa del Rey was a uh, picture of Abbey Road, the album cover of Abbey Road, with like a gold record signed with cut signatures from all four Beatles. Really awesome. Yeah. John Lennon, Harrison, Ringo, and Paul McCartney. And she and I would talk about that piece all the time. 
um, how much it meant to her, how she got it, how she wanted the whole thing. And one of the things that she and I would talk about a lot is love of music and different bands. And we both had a love for the Stones. Stones are coming up on August 22nd. And my plan had been when I got those was to take her. Yeah. And the feeling all along had been like, I figured by this point she would be well on the way to putting everything back together. And I thought the Stones concert would just be something, right, where you go to the Rose Bowl on that night and just kind of clears your mind the whole thing. I still have that ticket, but in my head I should be taking her. Yeah. And I may just leave that seat fucking empty. I may just fucking eat it and leave it empty, or I may take, I've got our buddy Joel Rotz is up yeah. there. My dad's up there. My fucking dad talks too much. I, I don't know if I'll take him, but I was thinking about taking one of my sons. I think Joel up. would be great. Huh? Joel would be great. Joel's been through a lot. Joel's been my, yeah, the guy who meant so much to me. I left a message for fucking Katie Mosier tonight who we check in on some different people like that. But I'm like, shit, man, we're about that. I better figure out what I'm doing. Yeah. But I swear, Dave, there's a part of me where I may just fucking leave it. I'm not worried about the money. I may just fucking leave it and just be like, she's there. But then at the end, we go, well, fuck, it's the Stones last time through. Fuck yeah. it. Maybe I'll just take Missy Martinez. Why not? You know, she just recently retired. And uh, after so many fucking great movies, like, God, Mom, your tits are huge. Unbelievable movie. Mom, the washing machine's broken again. Right. Yeah. Mom, I didn't know your skirt was so short. Shit. All the ones that... Uh, Mom, why do you keep embarrassing me in public? <laughs> Gosh. Mom, that's not a popsicle. Mom, why are there six guys we don't know playing basketball in the driveway again? Every day. Mom, how come that young guy keeps coming to fix the washing machine but it still doesn't work? <laughs> Mom, what's with that stupid fucking grin on your face? Mom, you have something on your chin. Hey, Mom, is that TT boy? <laughs> Mom, why, why does the pool guy come to the house every day? Jesus. Mom, I thought uh, Herschel Savage only came over for Yom Kippur. <laughs> I don't even know if he's Jewish. <laughs> that sounds Jewish. He might be Italian. That Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out in the hall again. Yeah, Mom, well, how come you have carpal tunnel? You don't even have a job. <laughs> Mom, I'll come in pictures. You always smile like a donut. <laughs> okay, that's enough. Okay, good. That's enough. is why we can do that yeah is if she was here she'd have 20 of her own oh my gosh you aren't kidding <laughs> She's like here's the funny thing this would be our the end of that conversation I, I i think we know two porn stars right yeah lisa ann and missy martinez and when people ask about lisa ann you go god dang man a, a businesswoman yeah smart does a radio show does all these different things 
And you go, yeah, she's just cool, right? Fantasy yeah. football, she'll tell you which tight end. That's a weird fucking choice of words. <laughs> Sorry, which kicker to draft. And then they go, what about Missy? Oh, yeah, she's a fucking porn star. Yeah. She is a porn star. When we were, uh, we were at, no, actually it was, fuck, this was Lisa Ann. This is like my favorite Lisa Ann story. Quick porn story. <laughs> so we're, uh, me and Dave, my son Cade, where do we go? Huntington Beach for the Alzheimer's yeah. walk? Yeah. So we're at the Alzheimer's walk. My son Cade's way up front. Dave's walking, or or Cade might have been talking video games with Missy. It doesn't matter. But I'm like 10 yards behind everybody walking with Lisa, and we're talking about the impact of Alzheimer's on... Uh, Somebody in her family. It was her grandmother, I think. Her grandmother had impacted by it, the whole thing. And I'm listening to the story, and we're walking, and we're at this beach. And all of a sudden, to our right, there's like a lifeguard stand. And there's this lifeguard stand, and there's a girl that looks like one of the Baywatch babes. Yeah. And we're talking, talking, and I kind of see this chick out of the corner of my eye. And all of a sudden, Lisa stops and goes, whoa, I would... Rock that girl's world right there. That girl right there, if I could get her in a scene, I would rock her world. Sorry, Jeff. What? I I was the funniest shit ever. And I'm like, man, oh, man. Mary Jeff couldn't live this life right here. Oh, my gosh. But it was so funny. But Missy Martinez was the funniest chick on the planet. She was very cool. Yeah. And but, she, she was married, which blew me away when she said, I go, hey, I got one question for you. How are you married and right. in this career? Oh, uh, we, well, there are certain rules of things I can't do. Hey, she does everything. Yeah. So I'm like, what rules are those? You can't solve a Rubik's Cube? Yeah, you can't <laughs> wear a wedding ring in the scene? <laughs> what can you not do? Yeah. Yeah, you can't eat wedding cake? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, I don't know if that fucking lunatic. I don't even know what we talked to her. Dude, she all would I know be is, the one. You're right. We So we walked two miles. Okay, I walked yeah. the first mile with her. You you were talking to Lisa Ann. When we got to the halfway point, I looked at you like, do we got to switch? I'm exhausted. She's so fucking funny. <laughs> but like you tell people, you go, oh, yeah, this, this, this. And then, oh, well, what about Missy? Oh, yeah. She's a fucking porn yeah. star. Yeah. And looks it. Uh, but cool as shit. She was. High energy. Really, uh, but cool as could be. Yeah. Wow. That was something that, else wrote. That, that, that was... That was some, they got talked about her sunglasses for what, 20 well, minutes. Because yeah. I, I had no game. I didn't know what to do. Yeah, right? <laughs> no idea what to do. All right. I want to mention, I, we're going to get to, I got a Padre thing for you too after this. I got to ask oh, you. Oh, one I, quick thing. Go ahead. And then she said to my son, Cade, hey, I'm really good at Fortnite. We should play. Do you have a PS4? And my son said, yeah. So we're driving home and he goes, hey, did you get Missy's information? Well, I got that. That's not <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you got a fucking picture with her, okay? Calm down, Tom Byron. Calm the fuck down. You got a picture with her. Yeah, shit. I don't I don't need to be locked up. Yeah. Where's your kid? He's fucking drinking wine coolers in Studio City with Missy Martinez in Amberlynn. How old is he now? God damn, what's he? Is he eighteen already? No, he's almost uh almost twelve. <laughs> Have you, have you seen what Tom Byron looks like now? Like Fuck he looks no. crazy. Is he still old. fourteen? 
No, he looks older than dirt. He looks really old. He aged bad. Worse than Ron Jeremy? Tom Byron always... Here we go. This is funny as hell. I can't tell you anyone's name now, but I I remember Tom Byron. All those dudes, because I worked at the warehouse. I just rented a lot. You rewind? Probably not, you fucker. (laughs) It took forever back then to get to the scenes. Like It took like 45 minutes. Too much goddamn story. Yeah, enough. (laughs) God. But Tom Byron always pulled this move, if you remember. Whatever he was doing, whatever girl he was with, mm-hmm. right in the middle of it, he got like a horrible look on his face, like someone just kicked him in the nuts. Yeah, do you remember that? Like he'd been, like he'd been tased. Yeah, exactly. It's like, dude, what's wrong with you? And they all yelled. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was weird. He was the only guy like that. Yeah, you're like, what's wrong? Someone just kicked you in the nuts. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> Are you sick? Are you sick? Do you have a stomach ache? Do you have bad guacamole? Tom, come on. Dude, that's exactly what it was like. It was really yeah. weird, but I don't know. Go watch that. I, I my friends and I like would bet on it. And, and right in the middle of this scene, he's gonna act like he doesn't want to be there, and he's in extreme pain. Yeah, like all of a sudden he got a really bad fucking case of plantar fasciitis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. All right, I, I, I will get to the pods in a second. But hey, here, here's a couple things I want to mention. First of all, Jeff and I the other day we did go to the farmers market. Oh. Oh, my God, was it great. We appreciated seeing the people that listened to this podcast came out to see us. It's funny how many of you forgot and sent us notes. I forgot. Damn it. I meant to come out. But here's the deal. Hot sauces and more. It was outstanding. Wow. I got to tell you, you should go out to the Farmer's Market, Otay Ranch Mall on... on every Tuesday night, Every 48? Tuesday night. The 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 brisket, right? And the yeah. tri-tip and the food and the, you know, for, the business is outstanding. The food is amazing. The people that, that run hot sauces and more... Can't thank those guys enough for treating us the way they treat us. I'll tell you right now, it's in the Otay Ranch Mall. I'll tell you exactly where it is. It's right next to the main entrance of Macy's, right across from Daniel's Jewelers. And the stores are great. But here's what I bought the other day. Do you remember what I bought? I bought oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought that super hot powder, okay? Now, there, there's... A, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, it is so getting hot, you can't imagine. So, and I, I tried it. So, the one I got was paint on a chain, okay? <laughs> and it's, yeah. it's this powder... That I was like, well, how hot is it? And I put it on a piece of paper, and I just took one speck and put it on my tongue. Did it, you cry? Dude, it felt like a nail was going right through the middle <laughs> of my tongue. And then it burned my chest for about four hours. And that right. was just one speck. It was crazy. But then there's another one in there called Meet Your Maker that yeah. comes in a goddamn coffin. God damn. And, dude, and he says you have to sign a waiver to buy that shit. That, that's <laughs> crazy. When you talk about what we're going to do with the listeners, what yeah. they can handle, hey, good fucking luck to you. I'm telling you, I'm out. There's no way in hell I can do it. Uh, we were there Tuesday night, and it's Brian from Hot Sauces and More, yep. and Jerry from Pork Belly's Barbecue. So they are set up shop now. Hot Sauces and More is right next to Macy's in the mall, so you yeah. can go there, man. If you need a big green egg, any size, if you want the hot sauces, they're all taken care of. But what I would tell you to do, old school farmers markets are pretty fun. Yeah. And Tuesday night, I went down. It was me. It was Kyle. It was Nan. Uh, Amazon showed up. Dave was there. Uh, who else? We had a couple other friends that showed up too. Dan Williams showed up. Yep. But Jerry. Christian was there. Oh, yeah. Christian was there. Um, so we were hanging out and they go, hey, we've been cooking for you. I go, goddamn, let's go. They cooked a steak on that 
big green egg that was absolutely amazing. Meat came from Australia. They're going to yeah. be selling that at the shop. But go down and try it on Tuesday night. But, Dave, the, the key for your Tuesday night at the farmer's market is the hot link that the guys at Hot Sauces and more are making. Absolutely awesome. And they are, both Brian and Jerry are going to be helping us out with Jake's projects. So I couldn't be more excited. Just genuinely great dudes. So many good things. The guys from Big Green Egg are going to get involved down the line. I mean, we're really, really excited about the future of things we're doing. But go down Otai Ranch Mall. It's right down the street. I yep. was in there tonight. Go down. Stop in any night to Hot Sauces and more and find out for yourself. If you are a new guy on the grill like Dave is, if you're somebody like me that's been grilling for a long time but wants to up your game, or if you're hardcore, no matter what your level is, Brian's got you covered. But Tuesday night, bring the family out to the farmer's market. Stop by the booth. Man, then you go next door. You get shaved ice. You get ice cream. You get everything else. Really fun thing to do during the summer. Absolutely. And don't forget the website's hotsaucesandmore.com. It's the letter N, not and. It's the letter N. I also want to mention Alan Taylor, Taylor made pools. Alan Taylor and Amy, just wow. another great group of people. We tell you all the time, you got to support our sponsors. They support this show, and we're really happy with the people that are involved with this show. Again, Taylor made pools. They've been making pools for more than 20 years here in San Diego. Alan Taylor's as good as anybody you're ever going to meet. And guess what? Is whatever you can think about in your mind about that perfect pool and that dream pool, he can do a little bit better because this is what he does. He has seen it and done it all. Make sure you give Alan Taylor a call at 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Can't wait. Sunday night, they'll be back here in the garage. Text message from Al the other day. Hey, I'm coming down. How's the Labatt supply in the refrigerator? <laughs> And he goes, I know the answer to that. I'll have some for you. Good ice cold Canadian beer. I do like it. Oh, yeah. I do like Labette's. It's goddamn good. And uh, here's the cool thing. Why we love Alan. Why we love Amy. Brand new Dave and Jeff show shirts being made from Taylor Maypool. I love it. I yeah. tell you, the one story I haven't said for a while is because it's been warm. I have the old school Taylor Maypool long sleeve shirt. Yeah. And the one thing that happens, and I've explained this to people, whether I'm with friends or family, I'm, I say, listen, when I'm wearing the colors of TMP, somebody stops me with a question, I'm going to answer it. <laughs> now, I'm going to answer it wrong, unfortunately, because my days of cleaning and repairing pools ended a long, long time ago. But I'll tell you one thing that didn't end, my fucking confidence in giving you an answer. I'll tell you all about your chlorine levels. I'll tell you all about the right tools, all the right toys for kids. I have no problem at all telling you what depth your grandkids can yeah. swim in at any age. <laughs> all that kind of shit. The right height for the diving board. If you have kids under seven, I believe the right height for a diving board is about 14 feet. <laughs> and I really, I encourage it. It's good. But unfortunately, after they get that answer, they usually walk away and say, you know what? We'll just call Alan. And I go, you know what? It's probably not a bad idea. There you go. He's going to back up what I say, uh, which he never does. But he'll back it up by giving you the right answer. Go to DaveAndJeffShow.com. Look at the sponsor page for crying out loud. 
and look at the beautiful pools that we have from TaylorMade Pools. Just absolutely outstanding. Absolutely. Don't forget about Brian Curry selling real estate all over San Diego County for more than 20 years. You know the neighborhood that you might want to move to. Guess what? He has the answers. Is it the right neighborhood for you? Is it a smart investment? At the same time, when is the right time to get into the neighborhood you're currently in? Brian Curry is your guy. 619-251-1588. Man, so many different parts of San Diego. Uh, we have a really good friend that is looking at moving in right down the street. Yes. And I left him a message tonight. I said, man, I sincerely hope that works out for you because uh, this friend of ours has young kids and you look at it and you go, man, that's your neighborhood. That's your neighborhood where you could be for the next 20 years, 30 years, whatever the case may be. And I'm so genuinely excited for anybody uh, buying a new house. But you really need to. This friend of ours did it with Brian and you'll do it with Brian as well. You have to have somebody on your side that makes sure uh, to ask the tough questions and get you the right answers. And the great thing is today, uh, brand new trailer out for Top Gun Maverick coming out in 2020. Did you see the trailer? I haven't seen the trailer. I heard people talking about it today, though. Pretty amazing. And I have been told, and I'm still trying to get it confirmed, that Top Gun Maverick is based on the life of former Navy helicopter pilot Brian Curry. Wow, that's awesome. He had waited. The original came out in 85, and Brian said, you know what? We're going to wait 34 years. 34 years. <laughs> God, even more than that. Hang on. 35 years, because it's not coming out to 2020. But Brian said, i tell you what. God willing, we're all still here in 2020. Yes. I will lift the embargo and you can tell the Brian Curry story. And that's what it's going to be. People down at Comic-Con all excited. Well, now, as Paul Harvey said, you know the rest of the story. <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. What the fuck are you laughing at? <laughs> Did it is... come out in 85 or 86? I thought it came out in 86. Top Who the Gun. fuck knows? All I'm telling you is Top Gun Maverick is coming out in 2020. Is Tom Cruise in it? Yeah, he's in it. Does he do all his own stunts? He does. You know who else is in it? Another nope. guy would knock you on your ass with your little smirk. Ed Harris. Ed Harris is in it? That's what I just said. You know who else is in it? Ed Harris. So I don't know why you had to fucking say, oh, Ed Harris is in it? His name's not, it's not like Gerard Depardieu. What's his? Guy couldn't have a more fucking American name than Ed Harris. What are you so confused by? What's Ed Harris's role? He's uh, he's upper upper rank. Is military. It, he's running Top Gun? Yeah, and he's a little sick of Maverick shit. <laughs> Again? <laughs> yeah. But Mav's is, riding the motorcycle. Is Val Kilmer in it? I believe he is. Oh, Jesus. Fat Val Kilmer? You son of a bitch. <laughs> he does not look the same. <laughs> ice man? He's ice cream man? Yes, God damn it, Dave. Man. Have you seen him? Doesn't look the same. Shit. He's like the first guy. You go, what the fuck happened to him? <laughs> Val Kilmer? <laughs> you got in like the cockpit and the story is he got stung by bees. Who put like, bees in my cockpit? I look what like did you just say? You got bees where? <laughs> uh, guy's all swollen. All I know is that Val Kilmer, what do Val Kilmer and John Voight have in common? What did you tell me? They both are really, com and Craig Elston. Three really good Americans that love wearing a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> Elston wears it to like sporting events. Yeah. I don't think Craig... But I think Val and John are like, Craig, you got to up your game. You got to up your game. We were at the Smart and Final. 
wear it, you little shit. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of buying a home, Dan Williams is your guy. We talk about finances all the time. When it comes to finances and the right time to buy a home and the right decision, a financial sense does it make? Look, Brian Curry is going to get you that home. Dan Williams is going to help you with your finances. Right. And this is the way Dan Williams is going to work for you because Dan is a guy that has helped so many people out. I've said this before, though. Biggest financial decision of your lifetime Dan's again to make sure that your money is going to last. One of the most important calls you can make is to give Dan Williams a call. Dan is your guy. We saw Dan just the other night, and I can't tell you how many people have asked me, what is that number again? Dan Williams, again, has helped out so many people, and as Jeff has mentioned on the show a bunch of times, how many times has he helped out the people in the military? Right. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813. We were talking to him the other day. He was saying now that we're in the summer home buying season, he gets asked all the time, is now the time to buy? And most importantly, does it make financial sense? Well, the decision of purchasing a home and how to finance it by far, it's the biggest financial decision most people are going to make in their lifetime. How you finance your home is going to affect every aspect of your financial life. We cannot emphasize that enough. That's why you want to give Dan a call. And why don't you go to the website, sandiegolending.us slash Dave Jeff. From there, you can get both of Dan's books for free. Uh, that first one is Borrow Smart, Repay Smart. The second one, How to Purchase a Home with No Down Payment really is dedicated to people in the military, and then call him, the number that Dave just gave you, 858-688-6813, 858-688-6813. And uh, finally, don't forget about Kyle Fluger websites. Look, it's his business. He's really good at it. You can look at ours. He'll do a great job for you. Again, right now, he is starting to get slammed. The best thing about it is his website is uh, the website he will make for you is absolutely fantastic. Help you make money and help you look respectful. Respectful. Excuse me, the word. What's it going to look I like? I don't even know. You know respectable? what I mean. Respectable? Yes, respectable. So, Kyle, though, this is what I think is cool. When I was talking to him the other night, how many people and super famous people outside of California have heard about what he does and Isn't have contacted him through this show? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about former NFL players and guys are saying, hey, I'm looking to make a transition from my job as an NFL player to uh, something else, and I need Kyle to help me give me that boost. Kyle's your guy, 619-500-6621. Oh, well, it's kind of like I said to a friend of mine today. I go, look, we're kind of fucking important around here, okay? <laughs> are you Exxon important? Where oh, fuck that guy. I'll the- get to that dick in a second. <laughs> uh, what a fucking dipshit. But the great thing with Kyle is we are getting ready to launch jakesprojects.org, our website, which is dedicated to the charity. I cannot think of a better guy to have running point on that. What I would like is that you occasionally check your fucking email. I know I don't do so it. When, no, I know. It's not that tough to look at. I know you're fucking busy every day doing fucking box scores for Sal's Pizza against Larry's Lock Shop. But if you could fucking <laughs> once in a while... Give me and Kyle a little fucking breadcrumb so we could launch this website. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, it'll be great. But I'm so I'm genuinely excited about what this website's going to look like. And it's because Kyle's running point on it. It's going to be really great. We should have it up. I got to go to I'll be in Chicago in two weeks for two weeks. But when I get back, uh, we should be relatively close to launch. And we'll tell you all about it at that point. Awesome. OK, wait, real quick before we move on to the pods. Tell me about Axel. This fucking asshole thinks that because he had a radio show 30 years ago that he doesn't qualify for jury duty? Yeah, that's great. Could you imagine looking at that little shit? 
sitting there with his clip-on tie like he works at Thrifty Ice Cream, <laughs> taking notes, goes into the jury room, concur, got to scoot, he's guilty. Got to scoot. Dude, the craziest thing is, the biggest turnoff, I think, for anybody that, as I, as I will say, I'm, I'm not famous, but I am a public figure. We've been in right. this town a long time. Right. He's a public figure, but look, nobody knows who you are. Number one, Lee's not your real name, even. No, your name's Paul Mahan. But any, anybody that pulls the do you know who I am card is right. the biggest joke of all time. Right. I would never do that. You would never do that. No. If you ever did that, I'd be embarrassed that you did it. Oh, I'd be like, just fucking hit me with a slingshot right in the head. <laughs> not only did he pull the do you know who I am card, he wrote about it on Twitter. Yeah. Like, like he should get out of jury duty. What the fuck else do you have to do? Good point. What the fuck else are you doing? What are you doing? Huh, dickhead? Where do you have to be? They give you a fucking bus pass so you can bring your tired act down there. You can wear your fucking Miami of Ohio sweatshirt. There's no dress code. (laughs) And your same fucking khaki shorts that you've had for 27 years. I gotta get to the Adirondacks. I gotta go. (laughs) This fucking guy, do you know who I am? Yeah. What an asshole. Where do you have to be, dickhead? Where's he have to be? Huh? Uh. <laughs> Where do you have to be? Yeah, he's still Hacksaw 1090. Yeah, which is lazy as fuck. Lazy as fuck. <laughs> Jesus, change your Twitter handle. You got fired. Right. Change your goddamn Twitter handle. It's been like six years. You think yeah. J.D. Hayworth has J.D. Hayworth 1090? <laughs> Fucking idiot. Can I tell you this, too? Yeah. I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Just on the topic of sports radio. Really, really good dude. I, I But this is about business. This isn't anything about him personally. Was there ever a bigger, from a media standpoint in this town, was there ever a bigger swing and miss than iHeart putting all their eggs in Nick's basket? Where they put him on KGB, he was on Kogo, he was going to be the face of extra. Was there ever a bigger... And like I said, genuinely nice dude. But, I mean, that show at noon, fucking Darren's been gone for two months. Does anybody get in the car? I'm in the car every day at noon. There's never a point where I'm like, oh, well, fuck, Darren's not there. I go to Mesa and Ireland. Mesa and Ireland are good. Right. It's not That's even why close. I go there. Yeah, it's not even close. But I, I did anybody ever... I was just thinking about that today when I saw a tweet... That somebody said, hey, I'm going to be on with Nick. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> like, he's still there. Yeah. And I'm a, look, man, the guy, family guy, beautiful family. He couldn't give less of a fuck, right? He's no, lived he- a great life. Man, I love seeing pictures of his kid and his family. He's out and about in San Diego. Much more than 90% of their fucking guys that were on that station that all lived in L.A. Yeah. Or Palm Springs. At least Nick's still here supporting the pods and everything else. But they they put all their dough into Nick, thinking that was going to be a huge home run. That was a huge fucking swing and miss. I, my prediction: he's done in a year, within a year. He has to. Why decide. is he even doing now? I have no idea why he's doing it right now. No one's listening to the show. You know, number one, I don't think he cares if people listen or don't listen. It's not, you know, everything to him. He's had a great right. career. He has money. He has other business interests. He's doing fine. As you said, he has a great family. But why waste your time? No one's no one's listening. I, I tuned in the other day. I got to tell you, I tuned in the other day because I was listening to Mason Ireland, and then I flipped over because yeah. one went to commercial, and I said, "Well, what are they talking about?" Well, I heard of the herd. 
And the herd, this is a tough time of year to do sports radio. The herd did a certain amount of topics, and he repeats them nonstop. Yeah. Then I flipped to their show. They did the same show, but not as well as the herd. It was like, dude, it was the same station. The yeah. herd's on your fucking station. Yeah. You can't do their do show different. back to back. Lazy. Lazy. That's fuck. lazy. Really fucking bad. You talk about swing and misses. Everyone that's making any money and getting any kind of ratings in sports radio right now used to be at 1360 at one time. Oh, yeah. One hell of a talent evaluator. Fucking Ben and Woods were both there. Yeah. They're both gone. Chris, uh, Tony Gwynn Jr. was in that building. Never thought to offer him a contract. Right. Ella was there. Ella was there. Every single fucking guy yeah. was once in that building. You had him right there, and you let him walk right out the door and kick your ass. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. I will say this. Judd and Mike genuinely make me laugh. I Judd, do, too, but the signal kills him, just like it killed, killed us. Kills him. Uh, Judd and Mike, this is my analogy for that show. If you've ever met people, and I, I met a couple the other night that are both on their second marriage, they're both on their second marriage, and they just seem happier. Yeah. And you just go, oh, wow. And they go, yeah. Trying to think of what happened. Like I, I think they just friends just got married in Vegas. They fucked around. Elvis married him, right? And they yeah. were laughing about oh, the first thing. It was the dress and the bridesmaids and everything in the nine foot cake. <laughs> and the second time we're like, fuck it. Elvis will marry us and we'll go see fucking uh you know, the Blues Brothers tribute show. <laughs> that to me is what I hear when I hear Stephen uh or I'm sorry, Mike and Judd. Judd was terribly misplaced with Nick because Judd had been doing the night show and was really, really good. Mike just was fucking had. To, I've never asked him. Mike had to have been bored with Steve. Oh, he was. Cause I love Steve, but Steve, none of us can do a show with Steve. Rich can't do a show with talk. Steve. Steve's just a fucking, he is the energizer buzzy bunny. He's just going to do his thing. But Judd and Mike get no marketing dollars. Nobody fucking no. talks about them on social media. There's no billboards. I don't think they're on Fox Sports San Diego anymore. No, they aren't. Anybody on social media is talking about Steve and Ben because they've done a nice job of building up a social media presence, which you need to do. And both of those guys have done an amazing job. Really fun with Steve and Ben today. I loved what they did. And we can get into this on the Padres. Steve is so superstitious about the talking no hitter, and Ben couldn't give less of a fuck. It was great because you would have thought the roles would have been reversed, and they kind of threw the curveball today, and it was really funny. Great bit that they did. But when I hear Mike and Judd, and I tune in to those guys because they're both really good friends, they just sound like two guys that couldn't give less of a fuck. They're just having fun. Yeah. They've been buddies for 50, and I don't mean less of a fuck in preparation they're both ready to go but when you tune in i think mike's on vacation he's but, in hawaii yeah but when you hear them together they just genuinely like each other and the chemistry with those two guys is pretty funny and judd just beats the fuck out of mike yeah. which is hysterical. It was fantastic always great to beat the fuck out of mike yeah like yeah. steve didn't like when steve beat the fuck out of mike he just kind of shrugged yeah but judd knows exactly where to go and mike loves it yeah I'm, I'm with you it felt like when uh Mike was working with Steve. He's looking at the clock. Like, can I go home now? Yeah. yeah. My ears hurt. <laughs> my Stop ears. shouting. I the, don't like these loud noises. All right. We've been going more than an hour and a half, so I'm just going to mention okay. this real quick. So I, I did the whole perfect game tweet. Right. And I, immediately I knew people would lose their shit. Okay. 
So I do the perfect game tweet, and here's the the crazy thing, dude. I fell asleep. I think 30 seconds after I sent that tweet. So oh, I, that's funny. So we were on a group message of Woods, you and me, and I, and I missed everything. Yeah, completely out and, of it. And dude, I was fucking out. And then when I woke up, I was like, "Holy fuck, was there a perfect game?" Like I, I didn't. I was like, "Oh my gosh, did I just miss it?" I had no idea till like 11:30 at night what happened. Yeah, it was weird. I, I mean, fuck, I was shocked that I fell asleep, but. It was, I had no idea. And, and honestly, I do want to see Paddock do it. I mean, I thought that would have been a great trade. You go back against a team that drafted right. you, that traded you, yeah. and you shove it right up their ass. But I was like, I can't believe I fucking missed the moment. And then I, I realized what happened, you know, obviously trying to track everything down. But I'm looking at all your messages. There was no message from you and Steve when it went to shit. Yeah, no, it, uh, Look, I, I was in my office where I didn't leave till almost 7 o'clock at night because I, like Steve Woods, am very superstitious. Yeah. I'm very superstitious. But Don Orsillo said it's a fucking no-hitter like 20 times. I have no fucking problem with Don Orsillo. According to you, Jesse Aguilar, whoever the fuck that is. <laughs> Dude, it did automatic change. It made me laugh. Um, they talked about it. Yeah, I, I he did have, every thirty seconds. Again, Th that's I, their job, though. I thought the bit that Stephen Ben did today was so fucking funny because, again, I love that the roles were reversed because I I would have thought Ben was the guy to play it by the book, and Ben's like, fuck that. Yeah, and Steve's like superstitious old school baseball guy, really fun. I know exactly what Steve's saying, but I also know exactly what Ben's saying, and I think the games changed, and I thought. Today, there were a handful of guys that came out. Bill Center was another one that said bullshit. But I will tell you. What did, what did he say? He said it. Bill Center said you have to do it. Yes. That's your job to do it. Yeah. Shut up. But I will tell you the truth. And Steve Quiz, who is a great guy, was doing Padre games. And something had happened with a no hitter. And guys kind of gave Steve shit. Yeah. And Steve hadn't said anything in the broadcast. Tony Gwynn had to say, hey, shut the fuck up, it was me. Here's my feeling. If Tony Gwynn says you can do it, yeah. if Vin Scully says you can do it, if Don Orsillo, who I think the world of, says I'm doing it, yeah. then it's fucking perfectly fine. And I couldn't give less of a shit what Ian Kinsler or Greg Garcia or yeah. Manny Machado or anybody else, not that anybody complained, I'm just saying, Whoever the case may be, anybody on that roster, I don't care what you think. It doesn't make them any less of a fan or any less a member of the team. That's their job. And to come in and go, hey, it's a no-hitter. Enough of this bullshit of, well, he's had 21 guys, and you know what's funny, Dave? None of them have gotten a hit. Wink, wink. Fuck you. <laughs> they said uh, Vince Kelly has called more no-hitters than anybody in history. He said he mentioned it every time. Yeah, Orsillo said he's done three. Yeah. And he goes, you feel like everything has to be in sync. That was a crazy one last night because the play at first, to me, you go, we're going to get... The Hosmer play? Yeah, you go, okay. we're going to get fucked right here. Yeah. We're going to get fucked because... How long did that whole delay take? Not long. Okay. I mean, a couple of minutes. Like, it felt like it went really long. What had started was Tatis airmails it in, and airmail first is... What inning air, was that? Do you remember? Uh, seventh. Now, when that happened, did that bum me out? Like, fuck, there goes the perfect game. Uh, Yeah, but I was, I'm was i a Padre fan. I'm like, I'll fucking take a no-hitter. Yeah. I remember it. Kershaw threw his first no-hitter, his only no-hitter, and Hanley Ramirez did the same thing, threw the ball away. Yeah, so he airmails it, but then the next hit, uh, next batter, uh, 
six four three double play. Okay. So you go, okay, great. Then um the fucking Hosmer play was crazy. The Renfro catch it was, was outstanding. Great. Uh, and then the fucking home run. And I feel like I've got one of those changed around. Like, I feel like the Haas, uh, maybe the Renfro play got him out. I can't remember. But it just, there were a couple of plays to get out of the sixth and then the seventh. Maybe the Renfro catch ended the sixth. And then I feel like that's what happened. The the I think Renfro ended the sixth. Anybody watched it. But I felt like Dave on the play at first. I go, fuck. Yeah. Sure. We're, we're going to get fucked right here. And somebody wrote on social media, probably more than one, boy, this would be a Padre way to end a no-hitter. And and then when that went the way, you go, fuck. It's That's the first time when I thought, man, this may happen. Yeah. And he really looked locked in. And I just kept thinking, Andy Green, you better not fucking go out there and, and go to fucking Matt Strong, yeah. you little shit. <laughs> you little shit. And luckily he didn't have to. But... Here's my only thing. I love watching Paddock pitch. I I just, dude, as a fan of this team, I was thinking about this last night. I watched Bruce Hurst pitch for this team. He yeah. was really fucking good. I watched Kevin Brown. I watched Jake Peavy. I watched Ashby. How many other guys have you watched where you go, shit, those guys were really good. Yeah. And none of them could do it. So I, while I hope Paddock is the guy or any of these dudes coming up, I just look at Randy, right? Randy was close yeah. a couple of times. God damn, dude. They thrown 28 one-hitters. Ted had some insane stat as far as how many games had been taken into the eighth, yeah. all this crazy shit. But um, no, Don Orsillo or if Ted or Jesse said anything on the radio or, or anything else had zero impact on what happened. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100% on that. It's... um. I would like to see them do it, though. Oh, it's one man. of those where it's, it's just uh, almost everybody in baseball knows the story. You kind of feel yeah. like you kind of just got to get it out of the way. Like when they got the cycle and then all of a sudden yeah. Kemp got one and then all of a sudden Myers got That's one. right. That's right. And now all of a sudden you felt like they had a shot a couple of uh, weeks back in Colorado to get another one. Yeah. It just feels like you're uh, it's just another joke as far as uh, it, it, it's a Padre thing. You just don't want to yeah. be part of it's not a club you want to be part of anymore. Yeah. But it, it, you keep hoping, but I don't know who the guy's going to be. I could see it being Paddock. Don't you think he has the best stuff? I mean, who knows? I haven't seen Gore. And Gore's, I know, not not doing well right, right now. But Pat, it, here's the best thing about Paddock. And for anybody that, that loves pitching, and, and I know there are guys that like pitching more than offense, dude, 99.9% .9 of the time, he places the ball exactly where he wants it. Insane. And for a guy who watches fucking Kenley Jansen fuck up all the time, he hardly ever hits his goddamn spots. But Paddock literally looks like he could walk up and put the ball in the catcher's glove if that's where I meant to throw that ball. The one that Castro hit out, he elevated it. I was, yeah. was To me, his only bad pitch. But, man, he, he's been doing that as long as we've been watching him. You you said it when they traded for him. This guy has great control. Yeah. You know? Your two best calls, by the way. I was thinking about this the other day. I think I said it to Josh. I got the two best things Jeff ever called was, one, how great Orsillo would, would be when he comes yep. here. And the second one is Paddock. Those are your, your two. You hang right there on your hat. I'll take them. Uh, I also, just because I remind everybody in my office of this every day and they love it, I fucking hated the day they traded Trey Turner for Will Myers. Yeah, you did. And I've hated it every day since. And I was all in on Preller, all those moves, Camp, all of them. The Uptons, 
all that shit. No problem. The day they traded Trey Turner for Will Myers, I said on the air, I fucking hate this. Yeah, you well, I didn't say I fucking. Yeah. But I hated that trade immediately. And I've hated it every day since. Yeah. But, yeah, that's three right and 10,000 wrong when I told everybody Walt Terrell was going to be the guy to get the no hitter. <laughs> shit. Uh, congratulations to Pete Point Loma, who continues to find new ways to use a highlighter. Uh, he was highlighting in the paper, and tonight he had his neon green one playing bingo at the OB Recreation Center. Congratulations, Pete. Your day of getting closer and closer to 85 years old uh, happens, and we're all thrilled that you're taking us along for the ride. That's awesome. All right, we'll get the next show in on Sunday. Take care, everybody. So long.